Brayton, are you ready for another exciting episode of Mentor Moments? I am. I am. Uh, we just want to take this time and just thank you guys for continuing to tune in and listen to Dr. Keener and I chat with some of our awesome uh, guests. It's been a lot of fun. So just thanks again. And as a reminder, Mentor Moments is a collaboration between Maryville University's Rehabilitation Counseling Student Organization and the Missouri Rehabilitation Association Eastern Chapter. Music, if you look at like a scan of the brain, music is lighting up so many areas compared to when you just look at speech. You know, music helps prime the brain. On this episode of Mentor Moments, we have two very special, cool guests with us. We have Maryville Music Therapy graduate students, Scott Duell and Amanda Wick. Scott graduated from Natheris College in Rochester, New York, with an undergrad degree in music theater. And Amanda Wick is a board-certified music therapist that works for Charlie Health. Okay, so we're here with Amanda and Scott. Very happy to see you guys. Um, I think a good place to start would just be tell us a little bit about your, your yourselves. Uh, Scott, I guess we can start with you. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, um, I actually got my start in, uh, I got my undergraduate degree in theater. So I, my background is in music theater. Uh, I was a performing actor for about 10 years. Uh, did a lot of children's theater. And then, uh, yeah, I sort of uh, ended up falling into music therapy. So I'm, I'm here at Maryville. I'm my fourth semester of the master's equivalency program. So still, I guess, two semesters to go, kind of question mark. Um, yeah, I'm, I, I love uh, music. I love helping people. It kind of like was a wonderful symbiosis of the two. Uh, and, you know, still love my background in theater. I think it helped inform me and who I am and, and uh, where I'm going. And I'm excited to be on this new trajectory. That's awesome. Yeah, awesome. I just see the smile on your face <laughs> yeah. just, just talking about it. It's, it's, yeah, it's exciting. Yeah. So Amanda, tell us about your career. How did you get started? Okay, so I started off when I was doing music education and then found that that didn't fulfill me in the right way. And so I did pursue music therapy and got my bachelor's in music therapy. Um, and I've been serving as a music therapist for about three and a half years in Illinois and Missouri. Uh, working predominantly in hospice care, but also transitioning over now working in the mental health field. I, I think I forgot you started music ed because I started music yeah. ed oh, yeah. and I decided <laughs> it wasn't for me either. Went to music theater and now here we both are music therapy. Are. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a, a career theory called planned happenstance mm -hmm. that you can sort of plan so much and then just sort of happenstance, life happens and right, it just sort right. of, we, connect to that somehow. So. I also think it's really cool because it really seems like there's like a calling, like you guys were, were doing something and then you felt a calling towards something else. I, I think that's really powerful. I think that also applies to, you know, um, vocational job development, you know, having that calling towards something. Um, so in your fields of practice, what has been something in your guys' lives that, um, something that has helped you in your job that we might not know about you, you two? Mm, okay. So I'll go. So I identify myself as um, an HSP, which if you've heard of that, it's a highly sensitive person. So very sensitive to sound and light and noise and things like that. 
So that was something I thought, well, it's odd to go into music therapy when I'm so sensitive to sound. Yet I've used it as a tool because when I work with someone who might have, might be um, on the autism spectrum, or when I'm working with older adults, they might have some of these sensitivities as well. So maybe it's a superpower. I love to reframe it like that. Yeah. <laughs> that makes a lot of, that is a superpower. Yeah, but. Thank you. <laughs> um, something uh, people may not know about me is I, uh, I really love to bake pies. That's like, I just, it's another thing that sort of like fell into my lap. I was like, I want to do this. So I started doing it. And now I like, I think at this point I, uh, have made like over a hundred pies and it's, <laughs> and I like people like, are like, are you going to make this? Are you going to make this? But so relating that, I mean, it doesn't seem related, but relating it back to music therapy, um, I'm kind of a planner. I love to plan and baking mm. is, is, uh, you, you have to plan, you have to measure. And so doing all that prep work, I think, uh, really helps me to, to plan for what I'm going to do with clients and plan interventions. And I, I like planning. I like, you know, what's interesting though, is as a music therapist, we also have to be adaptable. So maybe does that go into baking? You know, I think it doesn't in the sense that like, um, I have experimented with recipes. I have made up my own recipes. Um, uh, I, I have, uh, I've tried, uh, making, um, different things for different people to see, you know, what they like. And so, yeah, I totally think it, it, it goes into that because then you, you have your outcome. Was it good? Was it bad? Let's try it different next time. Yeah. Yeah. I, like <laughs> we, hearing you both talk about sort of those hidden superhero talents, right. It makes me think of like the concept of flow, like where, or like yeah. when you're athlete. So in the zone that you sort of lose track of time, you, you're, you're so immersed in it. And again, you just, you're just, yeah, I don't know. You're just in it. And it's just, yeah, it's very exciting. When I... Very strength-based, too. Yeah. I like how you guys both took something that are, that are you know, or just maybe either, either hobbies or could be seen as, you know, like how you mentioned, like, a sensitivity, but is now like a, a new layer of empathy for other individuals and how, yeah, I just... I just love that. I think that's, that's awesome. I think that's how we're taught as music therapists to right. to look for the strengths mm-hmm. and the need areas as well. But yeah, well, I, I think that leads us into our next question. So, what does the world need to know about music therapists? Like, how, you know, why? Why? You know, I know the benefits of music therapy. What What does the world need to know? What you start? You've been you've been working this profession. I think. I would give my definition of music therapy and answer that, which for me, it's to promote and provide like support and healing to people through the medium that is music, because we want to provide like quality of life is the number one. So that's why music therapists work with so many different kinds of people. So I I, I think that's important to think of the quality of life. Right, right. Hmm. Who wouldn't want quality of life? Right? <laughs> what about the brain? Like, tell me, you know, kind of singing, yeah. working with people, maybe experience a stroke, mm-hmm. or like, give me, give, let's give them, you know, again, some of our, our listeners who might have never heard of music therapy or therapy, you know, or, or work with a music therapist. So, you know, how does lyric analysis or songwriting kind mm-hmm. of help in that, in their journey to have a, the highest possible quality of life. Yeah, it's cool you kind of touched upon several different um, interventions that we can do it because the scope of music therapy is so wide and there's so many different benefits. Um, I think back to the, my first introduction to music therapy, was act- which was actually when I was a music education student, 
and I was kind of like, what's this? And, and I remember uh, getting to observe a music therapist and um, they were working with uh, someone who, who could not speak. And so um, providing them the, they were singing a song and the, um, the client was able to like touch a button and finish the phrase of the song. And just to see the joy light up her face, yeah. you know, somebody who can't, who, was unable at the time to communicate and like was able to finish the song with the therapist to sing, to interact. Mm -hmm. I think like you were saying, quality of life, um, you know, music helps prime the brain uh, for some of these, for, for some of these different things um, that can help them to, to, you know, eventually things like melodic intonation therapy can eventually help yeah. people to regain the ability to speak after a stroke. It's there's, I don't know, you can talk about some yeah. more. Yeah. So Music, if you look at like a scan of the brain, music is lighting up so many areas compared to when you just look at speech. Hence why music can help rehabilitate speech sometimes when no other measures are doing the trick um, because you're taking these all these different connections and how strong that is. So like Scott mentioned, one of the neurologic music therapy techniques, which is um, MIT, melodic intonation therapy, which uses uh, the melody of music to influence the melody and intonation of speech. So um, we're musical beings by nature. So how, I guess as music therapists, we're thinking, how can we use music, which is so innate to us, to, to change or to influence or to improve? So it could be improving speech improving communication and socialization and connection. I also think thinking about just thinking about speech too, but also like physical goals and like working with yeah. um, speech language pathologists, occupational therapists, physical therapists to, to co-treat with them, you know, for, like physical goals, um, you know, helping them to regain the, their, their gait, gait training and sure. doing that with the beat and the rhythm. And so you've got two people working two different modalities to help somebody achieve the same goal, which is really exciting. Yeah, I think, you know, we talk in, in classes all the time about interprofessional education, yes. but here it's, again, reality. Mm -hmm. yeah. I'm thinking of um, Kids Rock Cancer. Mm -hmm. um, it, or, yeah. Or, yeah. yeah, could you could you explain that a little bit to, uh, like, our listeners, what that looks like? And, yeah, I think yeah. you might be a little more familiar. Yeah, so Kids Rock Cancer is a specific program at the hospital, and the therapists go in and they're only doing one type of music therapy intervention of all the interventions that we can use and implement. And that, in, and that intervention is uh, therapeutic songwriting. So some days it can look like processing these intense things these children have gone through. It can look like um, sharing about things they miss, like going to DQ and getting a dilly bar. So, but for them, there's an outlet there mm -hmm. and it's an expressive outlet for them. I think it's important, correct me if I'm wrong, with kids rock cancer too, that sometimes family members become involved mm -hmm. and like it can also be an outlet for, uh, you know, mom and dad, brother, sister, you know, they, they're also going through something too. It's not just, unfortunately, the, the kid who's in the hospital, it's also the whole family unit. Right. So right. the therapy right. of songwriting can really, uh, you know, be effective for all yeah. of them. Not only... Is it expression and like processing or, but it's sharing what they're going through and there's something powerful in sharing your story. I just think that's, you know, this, this systemic approach, you know, obviously if, if something impacts, you know, the child's going to mm -hmm. impact the whole family or, or the parent and, and the children. And so again, just making sure everybody is, yeah. is quality of life, holistic mm -hmm. approach. So 
Yeah. So I would love to hear a little bit about um, your experiences just for the different places that you've worked, different agencies that you've worked for. Um, what were highlights of those uh, experiences? I, I'll go first because I think I have a shorter a shorter list to go through. I'm still uh, doing my practicum work. So I'm on my third practicum right now. Um, and all of, all of my practicum placements, I've been with such wonderful supervisors. And I feel like I can't stress the importance of like getting to learn from somebody else who's doing it. It's like beyond helpful. And it is, it is, um, you know, knowing that you're, you're going to be going in there and doing the work and it, I mean, we're doing music therapy, we're not doing brain surgery. So like nothing's going to be catastrophic assume, assumedly, but, um, you know, knowing that you've got somebody to fall back on, if it's like, this isn't working and you've got, you've got, yes. you've got support there and they're not just going to throw you out <laughs> without a life preserver. So like, it's been, it's been really great to get to learn from some of the, the people, the local people, uh, who are working music therapy. Yeah. My first supervisor, she felt it was an ethical obligation to sort of give back to the next generation. And that stuck with me, you know, um, cause it is, extra time and, and sort of, I don't know, effort, but to, to meet and work and like you said, sort of be, be there. So yeah, shout out to all the site supervisors out there. Thank you for the work that you're doing. My primary experience and the bulk of my work has been in hospice care. So I've completed my internship in hospice care. I went down to Tallahassee, Florida at the hospice down there and I've come back and been doing hospice work since. Uh, hospice is one of these things that I think people are kind of afraid of or weary of, or they might have some association with the word. Um, but like I said, the quality of life, when I go into a hospice session, I meet the person and I see where they're at and I see what can I do to make them feel better. Is it physical? Can I use music to decrease their anxiety, decrease their respiration rate and um, help them breathe a little easier? Can I use it to help them relax and provide emotional and support? Are they isolated interpersonally or, or, or intrapersonally where my presence can provide them with a social outlet? Mm. So there, I think that would be, it's my most meaningful experience has been working in hospice because it's working with people and like what your supervisor said to you, like, I feel like I'm giving to them, these people who've given their whole life, and mm -hmm. now I can help bring them some peace and comfort at the at the end of their life. Yeah, you know, when you're counseling or doing, you know, therapy with, with somebody, you know, it's such an intimate thing. I mean, they're just sharing those, mm -hmm. you know, all those intimate moments and then add on end of life, just that sort of, again, that I, I hear it in your voice, that privilege to sort of be there with them yeah. to sort of, Again, celebrate or or increase the quality mm -hmm. of life at the at that time. Yeah, I really appreciate uh, the emphasis on meeting the clients where they are. Mm -hmm. I don't I don't have a a lot of stories that are applicable that I can share, but I I was able to complete my uh, practicum uh, um, at the St. Louis University Cancer Center, and so I was able to work with some um, music therapists there. And there was one time we were going to visit a patient and they had just uh, completed their treatment. They were, they had finished their treatment. Um, and so what I assumed we would go in um, and it would be more of a celebratory experience. And I, I, I assumed that that's what we would go into it with. But um, 
walking, uh, the, the music therapist was very much like, okay, well, let's just see and see where they're at. Let's meet them where they're at first before we just assume it's going to be celebratory. And it was a good thing that we did that because we walked in and we, we knew that, well, now there was a, a different kind of struggle for that uh, patient because now they were going to have to return to home and, and things like that. And so very much like how you explained of meeting them where they're at and providing those clients and those individuals with what they need at the moment. I think that's huge. And I, I really appreciate that. So, yeah, I think that reminds me specifically of working with uh, persons who are living with dementia of any kind. So if that person is not oriented to this time, mm -hmm. of course, I want them to be oriented as much as they can, but meeting them wherever they're at using the music to match that and to promote uh, the positive memories for them. Sure. Well, is there something that you're doing right now that you're, want to give a shout out to, you know, something that you're learning or something that you're at, at a work site or a practicum that you just, you want the rest of the world to sort of know. I'm excited uh, that I will be doing my uh, internship at uh, Cardinal Glennon Children's Hospital with Karen mm -hmm. Super excited to start. Um, really looking forward to working in pediatrics. Awesome. Awesome. I think I'd like to shout out to Dr. Beer and Dr. Kwan. Um, they've just done so well at um, providing like the correct like verbiage and uh, really recent studies to continue to uh, educate us um, on the most useful and uh, what's that? Is it evidence based? Yes, evidence based. Mm -hmm. practice. <laughs> yeah, it's the good stuff. Or apparently, yes, so uh, Dr. Beer is, our, is the program director here at Miraville Music Therapy, and, and Dr. Kwan is a, a full professor and, and the second full-time member of, of the staff here. So, yeah. All right. So uh, I want to give you guys the space, hand over the mic per se, um, and just open up the floor to hear your guys' uh, advice, your mentor moment for our listeners. Good. Go for it. All right. Um, my advice, which has proven true based on my own, <laughs> my own observation is to continue to form connection and each interaction you have with uh, professors and colleagues and other students will have a benefit. If anything, it's teaching you how to interact with people that are different than you. Awesome. Yes. I love that. Yeah. Um, I received some wonderful advice uh, my last year of undergrad. Uh, we had a, a, a brand new dance teacher for our last semester. And, um, you know, I was going out into the workforce and terrified. And she sat me down and, and she told me, um, you know, you need to find, you need to define success for yourself. Um, so many people, you know, you, you're going to put on yourself all these expectations that other people might have for you and people will have expectations for you, but they don't matter because <laughs> it, it, it matters what you want to yes. do. So, um, you need to define that success for yourself and whatever that means to you, then you're successful. So don't let other people's, you know, uh, don't let them put that on you. Take it for yourself and, and be where you are and know that you're on the right course. I love that. And the easier, the better we get at applying it to ourselves, the easier it will be to applying it to our clients. And like, what are their goals? Like, what what, do, what is important to you, you know? 
Yeah. And I mean, I, when I decided to make my career change, I was like, wow, so many people are going to be disappointed in me. Who cares? <laughs> I, I wasn't happy. So like I was doing what was best for me. And so, and nobody probably even cared. So yeah. I was, I was definitely putting that on myself. So just give yourself some grace. Yes. Do what makes you happy. Don't uh, worry, be happy. Yeah. 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 It's about your career. We got to yes. have that in the background. Yes. Maybe. Yes. Yes. I'll put that in there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, this was great. This was uh, great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Amanda, Scott, uh, it was our pleasure. Thank you for being on Mentor Moments. And uh, we look forward to hearing your future success. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you. So if you're listening to this, that means that you're listening to Mentor Moments. That means that you're probably listening on either Spotify or Apple Music, or maybe you're listening some other way. Uh, we just want to recommend that you continue to listen. Uh, tune into some of our previous episodes um, and stay tuned. Subscribe to us um, because we'll have plenty more episodes coming your way as well. In addition to the podcast, we have two other ways for you to stay connected with the Missouri Rehabilitation Association Eastern Chapter and Maryville University's Rehabilitation Counseling Program. We are proud to announce the creation of a YouTube channel and a blog. Both the blog and the YouTube channel will have all things related to the Missouri Rehab Association Eastern Chapter and Maryville University's Rehabilitation Counseling Program. Check us out.